Welcome back to episode seven of Happier Days Podcast. Um, took a little moment to chill out with finals and uh, apologize for my absence on the last episode. I was under the weather, um, but I'm here with my two guys, Riley Fury. What's up? And I'm happy to be back. What's <laughs> up, man? Yeah, I miss you, dude. I miss being on the mic with you. Yeah, same with you. We can definitely plan some stuff to get the collab going. Yes, sir. The semester coming up. Yeah. Incon- my man, uh, Riley, is starting a brand consistently inconsistent. Yeah. So Check it out on Instagram. Copy yourself a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, hoodies. If you haven't already. But and my man, Arash, on the mic. Yes, sir. How are we doing? Good. I, what is it? Is this your first appearance on the mic? It's a first appearance on this podcast, yeah. So first, first appearance. A, a little fun fact is Arash is a big part of the reason the last podcast existed. Because he was the host for all yeah, last was, season. Okay, so, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Got some yeah, mic the experience. Dude, <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you on. Appreciate it. Happy to be on. It's like the Avengers right now. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> Getting the squad. Always, always the squad back together Avengers on the episode. All right. <clears throat> How you guys doing? Good. good. Um, just been decompressing from this semester because it was a wild ride. Yeah, how'd you guys uh, end up finishing out? I did all right. Like academically? Yeah, well, either anything, like with the semester, like how'd the semester end up end up overall? I would say it ended better than I thought it would academically, just because this is the first semester back. I'm mm-hmm. also a senior, mm-hmm. so like my priorities start to lie also with like career progression. Yeah. But I think this was the semester I had to deal the most with burnout. I've like never had to like really take a step back from everything so Mm -hmm. yeah first time i really had to put myself in focus there which is cool learning a lot and you grad when do you when you graduate um i graduate uh not like this december but next december okay so you're junior or i guess i worded that wrong i graduate next december like Uh, like it's hard to like describe an extra semester okay i got you yeah i got you so but i am most likely moving home that semester so yeah, who knows what the future holds, <laughs> but yeah. And you Exciting graduated times. this spring. Dang, it's coming dude. to a close. <laughs> did you did you suffer with a lot of the same like issues like burnout or like how how did this um, semester go for you? I don't think he, you could like even be allowed to burn out. <laughs> you had yeah. so much to do. Yeah, with your job. So and also the major because your work, major is difficult. Um, I took eighteen credits, which was not fun. I don't advise you doing that unless you absolutely have to which i did social chair so yeah doing a fight up position balancing that with work and school it was a lot um but yeah we got through it looking looking back definitely grew a lot as a person in just three months which is always good um a lot lot of of ups and downs a lot of life experience in three months which is crazy (laughs) a lot of good memories made yeah. So yeah, looking back, it was a fun time. I'm glad I I lived in Fido and had to had all these experiences. Are you, you used to live in the spring, right? Or no, I no, moved, out. moved out. Yeah, I moved out. Did you move the? Where'd you move the Orchard? No, back <laughs> home. Back home. Home, home. Yeah. You will be there a lot more though. <laughs> At where? Orchard. Next semester. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm a little bummed that you're moving out because <laughs> a lot of my guitar progression came from going into his room. <laughs> Even when I would not be in my room, I'll just be somewhere else. Or I would just go up there and play my guitar. I'm just going like learn riffs. Even knowing. <laughs> like, oh, nobody's here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might as well learn something. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I don't even so know how many times you've done that. I think probably only like three or four times. Really? I thought you only did like once. <laughs> <laughs> I only really learned Damn, a lot. I don't know. <coughs> Whenever there would be events here and there would just be a lot going on. Yeah. I would just, just go in just and just just escape in my room. Bro. <laughs> like to I don't even know that. <laughs> so I, I appreciate funny. that. I got you. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Yeah, just come over whenever. <laughs> when you said I could do it whenever, I took that hard. Did I say that? I yeah. probably did. <laughs> you said it like two or three times. So I was like, oh, that. say less. That is funny. So did any of you guys listen to the episode about burnout? I don't think Which I did because I was really burnt out at the time. So okay, I just was like... Sense. Was yeah, that the one with Jan? No, that's the one with uh, JP and Grace. Okay, the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, yeah. Well, it's one and two. Yeah, I Both, think. Yeah. yeah. That one... Give that a listen, dude. That that's yeah, that'd be good to know, like to almost study for the time that it comes up again. Right. Yeah, Matt Stang actually helped me out. I think I was talking to him about it with you a lot with the burnout, like the red and mm. green zones. Oh yeah, he does. Mm. Oh, I've heard Stang talk uh, about. He has a really good mentality on yeah. that because he does a lot. Yeah, so it's yeah, a good person has, to take after. Is, yeah, definitely, he has a good system in place about just productivity. Yeah, and like. When he's most productive. Especially about the timing of it. Yeah. Like just specifically planning things that take less brain power for mm-hmm. like times you know you won't have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe if staying helped at all with that, that'd probably be a really good listen. Mm-hmm. So is that last one or is it two, two ago? So two, last two, one was, so was episode five? Yeah. Eight, okay. Yeah. Good yeah episode four and five. Yeah. That's really good to know. So I know, uh, on the first episode, it's like a lot about like me talking like my purpose and my why with like just switching it up, like why we're doing this podcast. And mm-hmm. a lot of things that people don't see like behind the scenes is like Riley in like is on the scenes, like helping us with episodes. And then he's got his own thing going on. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that real quick with about the what Spotify the internship and so consistently inconsistent and i think it's kind of hard to describe because i'm figuring out a lot of it myself as i go on but the biggest thing is i'm trying to work in the music industry Mm -hmm. and what that role means for me can be a lot of things but a lot of the time i spend is to figure out what i want to do and it's really hard to do that when you're not really surrounded by people who are doing the same pursuit yeah like there's no music industry no music business major here yeah so i have to do a lot of networking whether it be going to events or like meeting people who live in like chicago new york la and just really capitalizing on those opportunities so a lot of my life is spent figuring out how to do that and then also finding ways to become a better candidate for when the time comes like with the project consistently and consistent that's helped me a lot with my writing my knowledge of music and just everything that i would like to work on as a like creative in that and then i also do <clears throat> i make hoodies for like consistently and consistent so figuring out how to make really like a small business work mm-hmm. is just that's been a lot <clears throat> and then also with um, internships that's been big and yeah it's just there's there's probably even stuff I don't know but that's like a lot of the reason that 
I just have to take a lot of time alone, but also a lot of time to pursue those. Plus with the radio, that's what I was, I meant to bring up. Yeah. yeah with the so uh, Z88, of, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a lot with like training and then also like adding music and like doing my job. And yeah, it's just a lot of, it's all my stuff is in so many different baskets. So it's hard to really hone it. And I do another podcast yeah. <laughs> for music. So, okay. Do you think I mean, that's a negative having your hand in so many places or can it end up being a negative? It definitely can end up being a negative, but I've taken them all like very one by one because like I write like a newsletter and whenever I do that, I focus only on that. Whenever I do a rollout for hoodies, I focus only on that podcast. It's just that. So I think it definitely could be mm-hmm. and at times it is, but it really just is like knowing what you can take on your plate, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So thankfully, it's helped me a lot with just skills I've wanted to learn. And there's plenty more to learn. So, yeah. Lots and like, I, kn- I know talking like with you, like music is like, you can obviously tell it's like a big part of your life. Like yeah, dude, it's like the, yeah, it like <laughs> literally revolves around. It. I don't think if you had music, I think you'd go crazy. Yeah. It's like my biggest hobby, my biggest way to express myself. It's just nice. Like life just sounds better with music. Um, so I guess like, one thing that I want to like bring up about like with mental health and like things people don't like really, obviously I think they do see it, but pretty much like dive into like your reason behind you and like your why when why you like care so much about, about it. Health. Yeah. And I think music has played like a big part in that and like helping you get through stuff. Yeah. Um, so over like COVID, do you want to like talk more about that? Like, did you find like some true like aspiration like with music like while in college or when did when the when did you like really get into music? So that's actually like a beautiful segue into because our plan was to talk a lot about COVID and just like my story as well, which has a lot to do with COVID. Yeah, and a lot of like me finding my purpose and like even music's role in me finding my purpose does like it all coincides really well so i'll just i'll get into it so i believe it was middle of sophomore year i lived in the dorms it was just like my first time like really being around other people and i really started to face the question of like what's my purpose And also, it was the first time I faced a really hard class because I had business calc. And this was when I was a physical therapy major, which is much harder than the marketing major that I'm in now. Right. And it also came around the time of... um, I think it it was early that year, early my sophomore year. Somebody did... It was Shane Benner. He committed suicide, and he was in Fido. Yeah. So rest in peace to Shane. Hope you're okay wherever you are. But there were just a lot of different things because the what's my purpose thing plagued me for a while because I came into college undecided. And that came up, then classes and just any general struggles people may have. And, yeah, there was a point where... It was like a little bit after all this happened that 
I can get like really deep right now. Who? So yeah, I might as well while we're here. So you do whatever makes you comfortable, man. Yeah, I appreciate it's that. A fa- it's a safe space. Yeah. So yeah, I think the worst day, and that kind of made me realize I need to take a step back from. This wasn't when I realized I needed therapy, but it was when I realized I needed to do something different. And it was kind of after I was having like a lot of conversations, like what's my purpose? Like, why am I here? Um, I was walking around and I ended up on top of a parking garage mm-hmm. and I just love parking garages. Like I'm, I just really like scenic things, good views. I also like longboarding and that's like a great place for it. And yeah, this is just one day in like February or March that I was just up there by myself and I was just like chill, like looking over the edge. And this time really, really shocked me because I was in like one of the worst places I've ever been mentally. And it was the first and I think only time ever that I've actually like looked over like the edge and like truly thought like the best decision in that moment would be to like jump and like just I didn't really think too much past that but just to like not be there in the moment and like once I realized that I've like I try to never cry in front of people I I would like to be able to but I just it's just something I don't do and after that happened because I was across campus I just bawled my eyes out like for at least 30 to 45 minutes I just cried like walking through campus like I didn't care who saw me and like I called my mom like I said like I just this is really tough I don't know what to do and I think a lot of it was like the class I was in on top of like all of my mental struggles in the time Mm -hmm. so I ended up dropping the class like that day because I knew obviously there's more things I needed to deal with and I don't know if luckily is the word but really close to when that happened like life shut down like COVID happened within like a month mm-hmm. and it actually happened on my birthday <laughs> that we got sent home from oh classes yeah at the time it was cool because it wasn't scary yet so mm-hmm. we're like oh this is like we all have a break like, <laughs> we, we were thinking we we're gonna be off for two weeks yeah and then like we'll come back little break. normal <laughs> so it was still normal at that time but because of COVID happening, that really overshadowed what I wanted to work through. So it probably wasn't until I think August-ish, but like at that point, if you lived in the dorms, you had to go home. So I went home and yeah, I was just spending a lot of time kind of worried about COVID because just in general, I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think the first time I truly realized that I just was like freaked out about everything going on in the world was so I didn't hang out with people a lot because COVID, but I went to a friend's house and I actually don't think they even know this, (laughs) but we went to go play like 2v2 spike ball Uh and I drank from one of their like, like I brought Red Bull Mm because I used to work for Red Bull and I brought a can and I like gave them all one. And I accidentally drank from somebody else's can. And I was like, not in the moment, but like 20 minutes later. And on my ride home, I was like, oh my God. Super paranoid. Like, because at that point, like, 
I didn't understand it at all. Like yeah. I didn't know how everything was, like how it was transmitted, mm-hmm. how quickly it, it yeah. enacted. Yeah. And yeah, it was that ride home was when I had my first ever like panic attack. So I was like hyperventilating, like the seatbelt felt really tight. Um, I couldn't really breathe just because you start to breathe mm-hmm. really fast. And I've never done it before. I've like seen people have it, but I'm like, like I don't even know what to do at that point. But yeah, I like called my mom. I was like freaking out, like mom, mom, I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I can do right now. And yeah, then I got home, just chugged a bunch of water. She said like it's okay, <laughs> we're okay. I don't think she even knew it was like stemmed from COVID, but that was my first like experience with it. And then uh, time went on, and. I like spent a lot of time at home, like as I said, and I'd be like living in the room right next to my little brother, and there were points where I just couldn't sleep because I would think about all these different opportunities where COVID could happen, or like where I may have trans like or not transmitted it, where I may have like gotten it, and I would always be really conscious of like my bodily functions at that point. I think it's like. It can be defined by like hypochondria, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that at the time. It was just I was freaking out. Like everything, like my heart beating, would always throw me off. Mm. Like anytime I focus too much on anything, my body does, I would freak out. So there was one night at like 3 a.m. I just went into my little brother's room. Like, like am I okay? Like, like I don't know like what to do. Like, do I like seem fine? Like, is my heart okay? And yeah, that was a big point where I realized like. Okay, like something's definitely like up. When I woke up that day, I just walked into the living room and was talking to my mom. And she just said like, are you okay? And I just, without saying anything, I just bawled my eyes out. And yeah, at that point she said, cause like nobody in my family has done counseling, at least mm-hmm. to my knowledge. But this was the time she said, I think that like, you should look into this. Mm. So then, yeah, I went to counseling in Medina. I didn't really like it. I think that's a big thing also to take away. Like, if your first counselor isn't the best, that's okay. You can mesh better mm-hmm. with other people. And then, yeah, eventually I got back to Akron and did counseling through here. And it, like, probably saved my life. Like, with the amount of things that I was dealing with as far as health anxiety goes... I was so scattered, distraught, like I couldn't do anything. Like just living normally was hard. Like I was the only person at functions like wearing masks and like I thought I was crazy. And yeah, then I would like talk to my therapist and she said that's actually really reasonable. <laughs> it's probably like and just validate my thoughts. And through all of this I've just been able to really break down why I feel the ways that I do, find ways to deal with it. And also, whenever other people are dealing with things, I like to do what I can to help. And through a culmination of all of that, and truly just, I think a lot of people tend to talk about things they don't care about, or they tend to not talk about the things that they care about the most. Like if you have a mental health problem, I think that's way more important as a friend to hear about 
than like what you think about a sports game or what you think about is mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. just more so. genuine talk mm -hmm. it's like yeah. it's like when you ask like hi hey, how are you doing like no yeah. you genuinely mean mm -hmm. it not like oh i'm doing good billy how you doing <laughs> and that's just a way better conversation yeah so i think through all of that is how i ended up caring so much about mental health and and not only you found it as like a coping mechanism but like I guess, like, you could say, like, a new redefined, like, passion along with your major, like, music. Yeah. Definitely. That's yeah. awesome, dude. And I never would have known unless... Because one of those things... Uh, and COVID helped you figure that out. Yeah. You, I mean, have you way. always, like, really, like... I guess you could say it's, like, the, the silver lining within COVID. It is a silver lining, for sure. Yeah. But I think the biggest takeaway for me... And I think this segues like music, mental health, and like my life really well. Um, there's a line in the song King of Everything by Dominic Fike. <laughs> he just knows I like that song a lot. And it says, I'll take my time to make you smile because I know just how you feel when you're alone. And that was like a defining lyric in line for me for years. So since 2018 wow. when it came out. But Dude, that's, that's powerful. Yeah, it's a beautiful line. I really like that. There's a... I don't remember the line, but you should listen to... Uh, I gotta figure it out now. It's it's by Rod Wave. <laughs> Hard on ice. I love Rod Wave. Rod Wave. By Your Side. Oh, yeah, that just came oh. out. I love that song. Is that the Plain White Tees interpolation yeah, of that? Yeah, samples Plain White Tees. Yeah. I just yeah. added that to the radio, actually, yeah, like let's yesterday. Go. <laughs> it's a really good song. Rod Wave. He's a very, like, soulful and, like, Super. cares about what he says artist. Yeah. I, uh, so genuine. That song. <clears throat> I was, like, honestly thinking about, like, when I was listening to it, I was like, dude, that could be, like, an intro to, like, happier mm. days. I, like, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like, actually having the we lyrics try it out. the song. Yeah, like, actually having the oh. lyrics be an intro to That's the happier genius. days. Like, that would be sick. We should try that. Dang, I like that. We'll but try that out. Arash, um, oh, Riley, well, first, <laughs> Riley, I just want to say, like, dude, thank you for sharing that story. Like, yeah. I, did, I, I talked one other time with you briefly, I think, about that story. Mm -hmm. But... I didn't go, we didn't go in that, in that depth. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I remember like you t explaining parts about like, uh, how you like to longboard and stuff like that. And yeah, <laughs> obviously like meet your music, how it's played a part. And, but dude, I just want to say thank you for like being that open and vulnerable and like explaining how you were able to go from like, basically like the depths of hell, like not depths of hell, not getting spiritual, but like yeah. one of your lowest of lows and then figure out like how to get out of it. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think as far as sharing the story, you definitely played a big part in that because one, hearing like how vulnerable you were, but I think even more so for me, um, it was after some random episode, you said like, yeah, dude, like I know you care about mental health, but like why? Yeah. And mm -hmm. then you like just said like, yeah, like I want to hear the story. And I hadn't told it in like a really long time at that point. I kind of like mental health is one of my biggest values. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of started to rekindle like my why and all that. So I appreciate, you know, talking I mean, about it. Yeah, obviously, like, I don't know when. Well, one, we don't get to like really see each other a lot. Like, for sure. Because you're always out doing some stuff with 
consistently consistent, like, and just, like, it almost, like, aligned perfectly during the school year that, like, you would be leaving <laughs> Fidel and I would be coming in Fidel. Every or, like, time. Every time you'd be like, yep, I'm on my way to class. I'd be like, well, I just got done with class. And you'd be like, all right, I'll see you later, dude. And I'd be like, all right. It happened at least, like, ten times. Yes, easily. <laughs> and so, I don't know, when I see people that care about, like, a similar cause or, like, just, like, genuinely good people, like, one, I want to know, like, what makes them them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Definitely makes you understand. Definitely. Like, like you said, the why. Like the why. why you care. Yeah. And just, like, I don't know, if I have a similar purpose with someone and they're passionate about something, and, like, obviously you were one of the first people that helped me out with the podcast. And so, like, it obviously showed me why you care, but I just never, like, talked with you enough to, like, yeah. know why. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I really want to get to know Riley. Like, what's going yeah. on with him? At that point, it was kind of just like a head nod, like, yep. Yeah. Costa <laughs> like, was like, why are you helping me? It's so weird. <laughs> no, not really, but, like. Yeah, yeah I don't uh, think Ava, you were. Multiple people, like, told me, like, yo, Riley really cares, mm. cares yeah. like, about me. You probably didn't see this, but probably about for, the, like, a year before you joined, like, all I would talk about is mental health. Like, like I was risk management chair, mm-hmm. and I, like, every single meeting, like, no matter if I had nothing to say, I would say, by the way. Akron has free counseling. Free counseling. And, like, counseling. when people would do, like, like we would just talk about advice for people. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, listen to this album, <laughs> and we have free counseling. So. Yeah, you're the one who got me into swimming, Mac Miller. Oh, I really? remember. Wow. Yeah, like, la- like the year, <laughs> yeah, in ja- like last January or something. Dang. When we had our chapter meetings on Zoom, yeah. Riley was like, hey, we're like, a notoriously Mac Miller fraternity, and you're like, yeah. you should listen to swimming. And like that night, I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen to the whole thing through, and I've like fell in love with that album. And like, it's, I've listened, re listened to it through like 10 times. It's such, and it's like a really good, <coughs> just vulnerable album. Yeah. Like, I think it perfectly coincides with mental health. Too. Yeah. And like so. what we were going through at the time. So, yeah. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick. That's yeah. like an honor. <laughs> To a yeah, I don't think I told you that. Maybe I did. I don't know. You might have, but it just hit different today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I want to transition to um, Arash. Have you, like, all right, I know Riley has, like, I kind of, it's kind of I'm kind of in the same situ- situation with you as mm-hmm. I am with Riley, like, but I'm just doing it, like, on the podcast mm-hmm. now. <laughs> like, uh, Riley told me like a briefly a little bit about about like why he cares about like mental health and like do you have like and I don't want to say like it's not a comparison but like anything similar with like COVID or like your struggles during COVID um, or just like what's your why with mental health? Yeah, well, yeah, we can just get into it. Last year, last January, I had COVID. Um, I, I'll pro- provide like some background. I thought like I just had like a regular cold. It literally was just like stuff you know so i was just like around my parents and sister which i like shouldn't have been because mm-hmm. i was living at home <laughs> i vividly remember i was eating like chips and salsa mm-hmm. as we all know <laughs> i like to snack a lot Last so i was days. eating chips and salsa and then like i felt like my tongue it just went numb and then i literally it just instantly i couldn't smell or taste anything i was like holy crap, like, mom, I have COVID. And I just ran into my room and then, like, locked the door. And, like, I did not leave my room for two weeks. Um, Yeah, 14, 15 days I was locked in my room. 
Um, yeah, it was a very interesting time, I would say. I would say it was a pretty pretty low point in my college career. <laughs> being locked in my room for two weeks um so did you like did you choose yourself to like just lock yourself yeah because i didn't want to my mom did end up getting it from me but my dad and sister didn't but i just didn't want to uh like risk giving it to them Mm -hmm. so i just stayed in my room as much as possible yeah you were so committed to it there were points i would say like bro go on a walk oh yeah no i literally did not leave (laughs) i just so yeah, I would just play. I play Xbox. I would watch YouTube. I would read a little bit, but like, it was just like, like mentally, like physically, I was like locked in a room, and like mentally, like I was like physically and mentally, like lo- just like locked in, like not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. It was just like I just want. I just had the scratch and the urge to just like do something productive, but I couldn't. Like, for two weeks, I was just stuck doing, like, absolutely nothing. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? So I would just, like, write lists of, like, things that I would want to do when I would get out. And I did most of them. Um, so that helped a bit. But, like, yeah, it was just tough. So just let's, like, let's fast in. forward to when you clear COVID. Like, what did <clears> you, like, how did you go about, like, life? Yeah. Like after, like <laughs> after, after being infected yeah and like to be honest people. i was pretty ballsy i was like you know what i had covid i'm good so i just i, I did i did not care i would just mm-hmm. go out be with as many pe- people as possible um i don't know if that was the most responsible thing to do but like <laughs> at the time that was really normal yeah i get yeah everyone was saying like yeah we yeah had, like, you had this it amount once of and, immunity yeah especially right after so that was yeah. like really normal at yeah the time. after that i just didn't they say you were like immune for like three months or something? It was something like it was like it's, three or six. There's a lot of different numbers and statistics and stuff. So yeah, that isn't like fact at all, but that's like yeah. what we were working with at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just went, hung out with as many people as possible. Um, try to like make up for lost time, I guess. But like, I wasn't as worried about it then since I I had it and I had immunity to it. So. It was some pressure taken off that I went through it, but yeah. Do you, so did either of you like, I know I'm not like comparing situations or something, hmm. but uh, Riley, have you like, did, have you ever been like diagnosed for like anxiety or like critical anxiety or like? Um, I definitely have like health anxiety. Health anxiety. I don't know, like. If it's a diagnosis or something, but yeah. like I like absolutely have something. <laughs> I like guess there's just points where like I can't hear people's stories about like health things and like all the stuff I dealt with before. Like I can handle it so much better now. But yeah, there's like some part of me which I think was pretty heavily brought on by COVID. I think it definitely amplified it. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was always there to an extent. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's okay. I accept it. I accept myself. Yeah. So I kind of, I guess like, I had like a complete opposite like reaction, I feel like, to you guys with COVID. Like, when you guys, I don't, I don't want to say like amplified anxiety or like say you guys had like anxiety disorder, like attacks or anything. But like when COVID struck in like March, when instead of like getting like real anxious about like getting sick or anything, I became like 
more depressed like just because like i went to playing baseball mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not playing baseball anymore like well i was gonna redshirt anyways but uh still like oh were you at malone yeah when it first happened yeah wow. damn yeah that's Dude, crazy that was so long ago but like it yeah. feels, feels like yesterday yeah crazy yeah it was a wow Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that actually does. What it is. Literally, <laughs> from like March twenty twenty to like let's say like I don't know, like the beginning of the semester, it was like all just like a void, like it just like yeah. went by like so quick because like we were just all in lockdown and like online semester, so it was just crazy. Quick like, fast forward. Yeah, literally like just fast forward times four. That's crazy. Through a year and a half. But. Wow. Yeah, a lot I, was at, since then. I was at Malone when it happened, and I went from, like, this very, like, upbeat, like, tempo schedule to, like, just absolutely isolated, like, away from everyone, like, yeah. back to, like, my high school, wow. like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say, it was high school pretty much, it seemed like, but without, like, the going to school part, like, you just are staying yeah. at home, like, homeschool, mm-hmm. and it sucked. So bad, and I, I don't know. Like I went to, com- I feel like I went complete opposite reaction from like. I wouldn't call it complete dep- opposite though. You know, I think it's just like you can be dealt with the exact same scenario, and two people are bound to deal mm-hmm. with it in different ways. Yeah, just shows differently, and I think that's crazy in itself. Yeah, and I don't know the route like I'm trying to explain it here but I just don't feel like I felt like anything nervous and I don't understand I don't get that I don't is that like normal I'm we're not here to tell you what's normal I know <laughs> I think whatever you feel is probably normal yeah because mm-hmm. I mean to me like I felt what I felt you feel something completely different like mm-hmm. both of them are real it's just we dealt with it differently different scenarios <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. just but that's interesting. So, like, you just, you weren't, like, you didn't have any anxiety or, like, I mean, like, I did have worries. COVID I did have like worries with, what was like, going on. I don't want to say, like, I didn't have any anxieties or worries with COVID because, mm-hmm. like, Riley said, like, I, we were all at a state, like, where we didn't know what it was mm-hmm. or, like, mm-hmm. what could happen mm-hmm. and, or anything like that along those lines. So, I was worried in that sense of, like, holy shit, I don't want to get COVID. But like at the same yeah. time, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to get like political views associated with it. I'm not going to go down that route at all. But like, I just kind of was like, I don't know what, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, like a, so like, why sure, worry about it? It's a really big question. Well, like a, just time. a careless mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like if you don't worry about stuff like you can't control. Yeah. So like. Like why worry about it? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why I, I don't know if that's like a neutral like a, political stance or like. I mean, it's just you know that's how you felt. I think that's or like anything the way I felt. Explanation for it. But also, one thing I want to touch on is, Arash actually works in a hospital and does work a lot with like. <laughs> and Dude, works just around COVID. T- touch so on that, like the yeah, atmosphere so, working around COVID in a hospital. Yeah. Um, all right. So background: I'm an uh, inpatient phlebotomist that. Cleveland Clinic, South Point Hospital, and Warrensville Heights. <laughs> um, so I've been working there since June. Um, so over the summer, um, we really have probably like three or four COVID patients, like 
at once throughout just the summer. Um, nothing really crazy. Um, and then like starting in September, so like the sixth floor we have, that's like our dedicated COVID floor. And then like starting, a, so we have two hallways like on each floor and each hallway has like 16 rooms and some, some rooms are double beds. So like fits like 30, 35 people. Mm-hmm. Like starting September, like um, the rooms started becoming COVID rooms. They put like signs outside the door saying like, put on like PPE and all that stuff before you go in. So that that's how you know it's a COVID room. So like in September, like one side of the hallway is filled. I'm like, damn, like that's a lot. Like like there's a wave coming during summer. During September, yeah. Oh, September. So beginning of September. Like this September. Yeah, this September, like this semester, and then slowly, like in October, late October, early November, like the other side of the hallway filled up too. So like both sides of the hallway, all COVID patients. So like that's when I like I knew it was getting like really really serious, and then now like the state now we have. The whole six floors, COVID patients. Um, a lot of rooms are double beds, and there's we usually don't do two COVID patients in a room, but like now we're forced to because like we don't have any other room. And then the seventh floor, which is like not a COVID floor, but like since we ran out of room on the sixth floor, they they've taken like uh, six or seven or eight rooms are all COVID there. On the ninth floor, there's about ten rooms that are COVID, and our whole ICU, which fits like 24 people. I would say probably 90% of them are all COVID patients. And yeah, so it's been pretty crazy. Just, um, and that's of what, as of when, as of, I was there this past weekend. So we're pretty much full. So we're going to have, they're saying the national guard is going to come like help us at the, at the clinic and like UH and stuff like just do like, the just daily like just tasks that so like nurses and nurse aides can like focus on uh, more important things I guess um but yeah it's been I've just just been like talking to nurses and stuff like I can't imagine what they're going through because they're working 12-hour shifts like four or five six seven days a week all with COVID patients wow um yeah I can't even imagine what they're going through right now um, so hats off to them and all you guys who are nursing majors. Yes, and thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been nerve wracking because like I'm around it so much, but like at the same time I got used to it. But it's been I I don't think I've really had time to reflect like what I've seen working at the hospital, like in the ICU, like every other patient's like intubated, they're like knocked out, like they're basically they're on life support so like they're basically like i don't want to say like kind of like basically mental dead. capacity like do you like how do you like because obviously like what's your end goal do you want to like career wise yeah um so i definitely i want to go to physician assistant school and i definitely want to work in critical care so in the icu okay so like after work like working at the clinic now like seeing how the icu operates like I know I don't want to do anything else. And, like, that's where, like, I'm passionate about is is in critical medicine. So that's that's the end goal. Is so you want to be on the forefront. Like. Yeah, for sure. Dealing with the sickest patients that are yeah. out there. So that's, yeah, that's definitely how is like about. How is, like, this experience, like, if you working in Cleveland Clinic, right? Mm-hmm. Working in the Cleveland Clinic, like, 
created and developed like this mental capacity that you have to work in an ICU because like, mm. you're gonna be seeing like yeah the bloodiest of the bloodiest <laughs> like six of the you six definitely like, dealt with some things dude yeah hundreds, like what all, yeah like what all have you dealt with um <laughs> you don't need to go into it if, if, you, don't, um, if you don't want to, if you don't want yeah. to yeah I mean I'll just I won't like go into details but I'll I mean yeah um yeah just starting there like working like I I draw blood a lot in the ICU so just like being seeing people who were just like intubated and on life support was like really tough to see um and I've like been in the ICU where there's like families in there like like deciding with the doctor to like pull life support and like all that like all that stuff that goes on in the ICU and stuff um but this past weekend I told Riley about this story I won't dive too deep into it um but I responded to my first so background again um working inpatient we have like rapid responses and like code blues so like when a patient's not feeling well like rapid response like doctor nurse like icu nurses they go up and check on them and i have to go there too just in case they need like asap blood draws so i respond to all those um and then this past weekend was my first code blue which is like a patient going to cardiac arrest or their respiration stopped mm-hmm. um so I go up there and then, yeah, the patients they're doing, I'm not going to go into details, but they're doing like CPR and all that stuff. And I was just standing like outside the door watching and the person did pass away. Um, so yeah, that's, that was probably the toughest thing I've seen. It was just You've like, seen people I, like lose their lives. I watched, yeah, I watched someone die. Um, so yeah, I definitely will never forget it. Um, definitely very grateful for the experience because as bad as to say there's going to be more to come and like with the career like this like it's just a part of it and yeah definitely grateful for the experience how do you how do you like cope with that like do you like i'm not like trying to like dig up any of your huh? demons or like dig up roots <laughs> like i'm not trying to yeah. like attack you like i'm just trying to understand like yeah. how your brain works like with mm-hmm. seeing that because like some people like i know me probably like I mean, I probably could do it because of the field like that I'm yeah. wanting to get into, with, uh-huh. like forensics. But some people like they look at that and then they go, like, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. And, like, how do you like deal with that and cope with it, like outside and like right Dude, there on the floor? I don't even know how to explain how to put in the words how I deal with it. Just like know. almost file really it away. Sure. I I th- I don't I don't think I file file away. I think that's like an unhealthy thing to do. I definitely just like pondered about it for like two days, like what I exactly saw, like what I was feeling and just like said like, okay, like this is just a part of like what you want to do. And that's like, it's a part of life mm-hmm. and like, just like, just be very logical about it. Does like, Cleveland Clinic like provide the counselors like to you guys? Um, that's a good question. I'm not that I've heard of, but I'm sure that's a thing. Cause like I'm sure, nurses and doctors are all beat and battered, so like they would need it more than ever. Mm-hmm. Especially right so now. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that's definitely a thing. But I haven't heard about any resources like that. But I'm sure it's a thing. Yeah. Um. Have you ever have you ever went to counseling? Like I'm not like no. you're trying to like preach you go to counseling. <laughs> like, yeah. I have not ever been. Because I don't. I don't know, dude. Kind of, I've thought about that with like my own life too. Like uh-huh. with like, if I think about going into like forensics, like, yeah, how would that like play an impact? There, 
people in like careers like that, there's, I've I've heard like they like go to therapy and all that because therapy and all that stuff because like from the stuff they're seeing and like how to like keep be sane and like do your job while like seeing all this terrible terrible things happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, where's gonna go with that? Uh, sorry. Um. We can cut this part out. Kay's gonna cut this part out too. We can just chop it. How long has it been going? Forty seconds. Damn. <laughs> How do you want to wrap it up? I was kind of like thinking about it. Mm. Like, I don't know if you want to share any more or if you want to go a little different route. I mean, with like, I've said pretty much like everything I've gone through, like the past. Yeah. From high school until now. Yeah. Like, knock on wood, I haven't had like anything like traumatic mm-hmm. like happened to me yeah that's okay um so yeah knock on wood but okay yeah <laughs> in high school I mean I didn't really I was just like a nerd I would just always stay at home and not do anything so like <laughs> nothing crazy happened in high school yeah no you're good um so I'm just gonna like get back into it okay so well Arash, like, dude, thank you for, like, what you're doing, like, at the hospital with your career, your future, and thank you for, like, sharing, like, obviously not going into, like, too much detail, but, like, some pretty traumatic events that you've seen happen, Mm -hmm. people have lost their lives, and just some traumatic scenes that I couldn't even fathom seeing as, like, working every day going in. Yeah, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um... Well, um, Riley and Arash have shared, like, their traumatic things that they've gone through with COVID, how they get through it, how they've Mm -hmm. coped with it, how they've helped. Um, Riley had to dip out for another meeting. (laughs) But a big shout-out to those guys coming on the podcast and opening up about their struggles with COVID, how they coped with it their why on mental health and where they're at now. And both of them are doing great things and haven't let COVID get in the way of it. So absolutely. Thank you guys for coming out and sharing that. Thank you. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, tap in, watch at happier days podcast, listen it's on Spotify, Apple podcast, um, and keep liking and sharing our posts, getting awareness out. Mm. Um, Probably going to be doing another episode coming up here, uh, tapping in a little bit more about anxiety and uh, see if we can't get another special guest to come out. So Absolutely. Um, keep your eyes peeled for that. Actually, I should say your ears. <laughs> uh, keep your ears out listening for that. But uh, as always, like thank you guys. I can't make this happen. We can't make this happen without you mm-hmm. guys. So thank you for listening. 
please continue to listen and yeah peace peace